Welcome to Fans of the Forge Knife or Death Episodes, Season 2, Episode 7, Mutant Ninja Chickens. Mm-hmm. I'm Teresa. Over here with me, we've got... Chris. And then far away via Skype, we have... You have Sean. Because it's snowing, and it's just easier for him to stay home. After he <laughs> attempted to get here. He did attempt, yeah. It was not going to happen. <laughs> okay. So, getting right into the episode, mm-hmm. they've changed up the order of the course, and they've also changed how they are introducing the obstacles to the viewer audience, which I actually really liked the new way that they did this, which is that they would describe the obstacle as the first guy is going through. So, it's like, here's our obstacle. Go watch him do it. Here's the next obstacle. Watch him do it. Yeah. I like that format. So, the first obstacle was Decapitator where you have to slice completely through each target with one swing. This time it was lettuce with a purple one in the middle. Was it cabbage or lettuce? Does cabbage look like that? I believe it does. Or at least the middle one might have been cabbage. It could have all been cabbage. I don't know what's what. All I know is I was ahead some of sort of something. Head of something. Um, pineapple and then apples. So we still had a, a little short something, but it wasn't the layered with onions. Yep. Then there was Slasher, which is swing through the moving target before it swings back to the original position. Um, Timber, chop through two by four and make it land in the target area. Ice pick, chop into the ice to get to the center and release the fluid. Must go all the way through. Then we have two, um, I just forgot what they're called. Sudden death. Sudden death. Two sudden death obstacles. Lifeline, chicken, fish, and then a plastic tube. And then kill shot where they slice through six ratchet straps with three swings. So they've got the single and then the double and then the triple. Yep. And then you plunge your blade into the tree stump. That nobody ever does. They more or less stop plunging because Sometimes. if they make it to the end, they have likely will be going to dead run and they want to preserve. Honestly, there hasn't been very many people making it to the end in the last few episodes. There's only been a few people. Yeah. Is putting your blade into the stump a bingo spot? I don't know. Could be. We haven't made our cards yet. <laughs> We're doing a knife or death bingo too. I don't know. We eventually, haven't made any eventually cards. <laughs> when season five of Forge and Fire is over, we will do the the bingo for that. And that one I think has more chances for for different bingo things. I suppose we could look into a knife I, or death. I think one. we could make up something. Yeah, I think probably could. Especially if we use our magic words. Oh, and magic words are good. <laughs> yeah. We have new ones. We'll get to those later. All right. So our first contestant was Hal. He was a former police sniper. um, And then he was a police sniper trainer. He's currently retired, I believe. Or was he still a sniper trainer? Well, he retired from being a sniper, but I think he's still a trainer for the police. force? Okay. Um, He used, oh, I don't know how to pronounce that. (laughs) E.C. Unglis? Is that how they say that? S E Hunglas. Hunglas. Sean, any idea how to say it? <laughs> no. I, I believe it was S C Hunglas. All right. Eleven inches long, two handed grip for um a really short blade. Yeah, that was a that was really it short. It looked like a chopper, didn't it? I mean it didn't Yeah. Pretty much. Travis says it's a great cutting blade, but he'd prefer to see a longer blade for this competition. Fair. Um, it's very light and very sharp, which makes for a fast blade speed, but the small size is a major weakness. 
So for decapitator, Hal incurred a penalty on the lettuce, which is what we have typed, though we've established it's probably cabbage. Cuts through the pineapple, and then penalty on the apples. So there's two penalties on that one. For slasher, the small blade couldn't get through any of the items, so three penalties there. Timber, he makes a good notch on the front and lands it in the target. Yeah, that was Hooray. good. That was nice to see that he he managed to get it in there. It was, it was good. Um, ice pick works his way around the ice, attacking the corner. So rather than like hanging out in a spot for a while and then moving, he really just went around and around, getting at the corners. And he had to with the smaller blade yeah. because the guys with the larger blades they can just whack at it a few times and get through it because of the the momentum they can build. Mm-hmm. Um, So he got through Ice Pick and then Lifeline right through the chicken and was stopped at the fish. He didn't set up enough to get a good swing at the fish. Yeah, that was a shame. You don't see too many people stopped at the fish these days. Yeah. The chicken's been getting people. The chicken's been, yeah, a real bit of a a bitch. But uh, (laughs) anyway, uh, next up we had Stephen Kinney, who teaches primitive skills and survival. And he owns... 275 different knives and he mentioned that his go-to tool when he's doing any of his survival skills is a knife just generally goes for a knife and he is on instagram at skinny underscore survival s-k-i-n-n-e-y underscore survival so he came with a two-handed modified copus which had a recurve 14-inch long blade and a blood groove, a.k.a. fuller, which I didn't think that, like, I didn't think they used the term blood groove if you were a bladesmith, so it was weird to hear Travis say that. That's what it is, though. <laughs> I don't know that it technically, I, I think it the It is whole, one of its purposes. And, you I know, guess, Previously yeah. when they used swords as primary weapons. The, the fuller generally is meant to help remove weight from a blade. That's why that's there. So, I mean, I don't One know. One of the reasons. I don't know that a blood groove really does what that reason. blood groove is in name in, implies. But anyway, this blade style originated from 7th century BC Etruria. Never heard of that before. Like, where's that? Look that up on a map, people. Okay. An ancient map. <laughs> So Travis says, if I could change anything, I'd combine it with a taper tang to give more power up front. It is a sharp, fast, and powerful blade. Its biggest possible weakness is it's kind of small for this course, but the recurve blade gives it a great slashing and chopping potential. For decapitator, does not get through the lettuce, parentheses, cabbage? Cuts through the pineapples and apples, so he has one penalty. For Slasher, easily destroys the PVC pipes. On the tubing, he managed to knock it off the apparatus and get a penalty. And then just was not aggressive enough towards the box, and he was not able to cut through it, so he ended that particular one with two penalties. For Timber, he cuts the wedge out of the back. Doesn't cut... Any of it in front, but still mans- manages to land it. And uh, Two Lamb just goes, he got lucky. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. For Ice Pick, easily gets through that ice. Not even a- an issue at all. Lifeline, 
He cuts right through the chicken and fish with slight downward angles, which is great. The recurve helps pull the obstacles down and keep them from bowing outward or flipping outward when you hit them. And that helps with your, your slicing and easily gets through the plastic tubing. Then kill shot. You would think with the style of blade with the recurve that's meant for slashing, you would have made it a little farther, but he ended up being stopped on the first strap. He just didn't pull the blade back and hit with the leading edge to get a good slashing cut. It was more of a, a bounce off of it, and blade kind of turned, and that was then. That was it. And we move on to the next person. All right. We got Avery Lee, a Taekwondo third-degree black belt, and Georgia free sparring champ. So, brought a Chinese Dadao. It had a great blade design, but it wiggles a lot and has only been tested on tatami mats. Um, it was tested on sugarcane, and Travis says it will cut fine, but I wouldn't cut anything harder than sugarcane with this without my butt puckering. <laughs> <laughs> Those were his words. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, Travis says, likelihood of it breaking is too strong, so it does not make the cut. Which sucks. Yeah, that does suck. Anytime they don't make it through. Why don't you do the next one too, Sean, since that was a short one. So, next up we have Jonathan Ying, training in historic European martial arts for 10 years and was ranked high. Uh, St. James Longus Messer, medieval weapon from the 14th to 16th century. Travis says the blade isn't actually sharp, but it's sharp enough to cut sugar cane. The overall weight and power is nothing to scoff at and makes the cut. So it's a 24-inch blade with a two-handed grip designed for cutting and thrusting. Possible weaknesses are that it's semi-dull and untested. So going through decapitator, couldn't cut the lettuce, going with backward swings, backhand swings, I should say. He got through the pineapples and the apples with a forehand swing, so only one penalty. For a slasher, it cuts through the PVC pipe and tubing easily, but his sword got stuck in the box and he couldn't cut it. He's just kind of walking with it. (laughs) Um, For Timber, kind of a bad strategy. Um, He was cutting too high and missed the target. He was just kind of whacking at it and he just kind of, they like hooked to the left or something. Yeah. And for Ice Pick, Pilot uses powerful swings to get through the ice. Lifeline did not cut all the way through the chicken. He cut too low and only took off one shoulder. How is that so much different than when people cut near the feet? That was my question. So there have been times where people cut at the chicken and it's supposed to go through like the thickest part, but there's they cut at the legs. But it goes through both sets of legs and it cuts completely, whereas he cut through... And you it cut through, at, like, the chest of it, though. It's it was still the a chest of it, part. but it wasn't... You have to cut all the way through... In half. In half style. But when they cut near the feet, it's not half. I call BS flag on that one. Okay, that's the first <laughs> of many BS flags in this episode. So we'll, we'll keep that one as, a, as something to think about. But I agree. If you're cutting at the legs of them, although the legs do have some thicker bones... Then the like the 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 chest of the bird tends to have thinner bones that might make it a little easier to cut through, whereas the legs have thicker bones that could make it a little more difficult. But that being said, 
the angle of the dangle is what it came down to. <laughs> and he just did not, he cut it too much of an angle and it <laughs> didn't get through all the way per so, the judge's recommendations. You could also say like, if you have the fish hanging, you just cut like the, the nose off. That doesn't really count either. Right. 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 Like you had to cut through like the body, not just part of its appendage or whatever. Isn't it my turn? Did Sean just read. Oh, Sean just read. <laughs> Sorry. So our next contestant is Jeffrey. Um, decorative blacksmithing as a hobby for 25 years. So he had a hand-forged bolo variant, 15 inches of blade, 9 inches of handle, um, a hand and a half grip. That's the first time I've heard that hand and a half grip term. And it's, they use it twice on this for two different blades on this though. episode. But I've never heard it before, but they used it twice here. Whatever. Um, Travis isn't impressed with the edge design being basically a flat piece of steel ground at the edge only. He tries to put forth enough effort to make things cut, but this requires a lot more effort. Um, if it's catered toward Jeffrey, then it makes the cut. It's heavy with a semi-dull blade designed for chopping. Potential weakness is the slower blade speed. Decapitator only cut through the pineapples. Two penalties. Slasher, off to a slow start, but gets through the pipe, knocks the tubing off, and doesn't complete the box. So two penalties there as well. Timber, does a good job and lands in the target. Ice pick, easily gets through by circling the ice block while swinging. Um, lifeline, slices upward right through the chicken, and a quick downward cut through the fish, and a horizontal swing right through the tube. So it's just like... Yep. Yep. And then kill shot gets through the first strap easily, spins around and gets through the next pair. And he's just got a lot of momentum. He's super pumped. And then cuts two of the three in the final set. Mm. Rushed it a bit and didn't quite make it. Um, he could have easily cut it, but his technique was poor. He didn't seem to have good control over where the edge was facing. And it twisted as a cut. Well, so. after he he'd spun around and did the backward swing on the other two, it was like he was just gone at that point. So then he just came right back around and just, like, tried to just cut through them all again, and it didn't work out for that one because he, he came up at, like, an angle. Mm -hmm. So by the time that he got through the other two, he had already twisted his blade almost completely flat against the, the straps. It just was not So he was great. stopped at the very last obstacle the last part of the last obstacle before the tree stem. But the furthest... Oh, close. The furthest so far out of the episode. Yep. Then we have Jeff Albertson. Another Jeff. So Another Jeff. Jeffrey... Robertson. Ro Robinson. I had it on closed captioning. Was it Robinson? Yep. So it was Robinson, and now we have Jeff Albertson. Very similar names. Yeah. So... This Jeff was a deep-sea diver at some point, a survival instructor, and a pilot rescue swimmer. And he's an Iron Man. And I made a note that he kind of brags, well, I broke my son's $2,000 katana when I was doing the tryout to be on the show, and I didn't really ask to use it, did I? I just broke it. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, as you're going through it, in my head, I'm thinking of all the things our kids have broken on us. Where I'm like, it probably amounts to two thousand dollars. Oh my gosh, I don't even <laughs> want. I don't want to start thinking about that. <laughs> anyway, 
he brought a bastard sword that had a 33.5 inch blade made from 5160 steel. Travis says that it could be a little sharper, but the size of the blade and Jeff's obvious athleticism means he'll probably do well. It makes the cut. The sword. The sword. I'll take a swords. Swords for 100. Swords. Swords. <laughs> the sword has a hand and a half grip. It's light and should be good for reach and slashing. Its biggest possible weakness is that this may bend during the course, which we have seen on other large swords like this. For Decapitator, he is only able to cut through the pineapples and he gets two penalties. He just didn't compensate for his height. He's a tall guy, and when it came to cutting the lettuce and the apples, he needed to kind of bend your knees more, get the blade lower and more horizontal, and he just didn't quite compensate enough for that. For Slasher, easily gets through the PVC pipes and tubing, but cannot finish the box. So that's another penalty. For Timber, he cuts a wedge in the front, uh, down really low near the ground, which is like kind of the perfect strategy, they say. You want to cut it as low as possible so that there's more chance of it just falling forward and not, sideways. and not sideways or dropping. The dropping is what does it a lot of people in because it drops from halfway up and then and falls. So unfortunately, even with the perfect strategy, he hits it really hard one too many times and knocks the thing off the, away from the target once it breaks through. So unfortunately, he did not get that. Ice pick, he focused on one spot and cuts the top off of the ice. And then Lifeline, he just tore through it. each obstacle, chicken, tube, and fish, uh, no problem. And Killshot, the only one to clear Killshot. That bastard sword just had the, the perfect amount of sharpness and, I guess, power behind it to, to get the slashing cuts you need to get through there. So he finished Knife Fight, and he was the only one in this episode to finish Knife Fight. Yep. So now we move on to Dead Run. Sean? All right. So we have Jeff Albertson and the other Jeff, all these Jeffs together. Um, yeah, because he had made it the furthest of yeah, all the people who didn't make it all the way through. Jeff made it farther than Steven at Killer Shots. So it's Jeff versus Jeff. So for Dead Run, we have the Gauntlet. From inside the circle on a platform, cut all objects in half. Ball buster, cut nine rolling balls in half before they hit the floor. Extinguisher, cut the rope, release the bottle. Or bag of baking soda. Yeah, it was new. Cut the bottle or bag, extinguish the flames. Free fall, cut the fruit as it falls. Fire and ice, cut through a 400-pound block of ice, trigger the flames. And crash landing, cut completely through the flying targets before they zip past you. Then destroy the crate to release the contents. Firestorm, cut the ropes, release the stairs, climb the stairs, and one final chop. Penalties are 20 seconds each. So, Jeff. Jeff through Gauntlet. Hard, I believe, right? Yeah. Takes his time, but eventually gets through all of them. Hanging slimy pipes, water jugs. Ballbuster had three penalties. Extinguisher, he cuts the bottle off the rope. Misses with the baking soda. Cuts the bottle, but doesn't extinguish the flame. 
has a bad cut in the last baking soda. So he had four penalties. But on the last baking soda, they have like a slow motion of the bag spinning. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Him staring at it. He's just watching this thing spin and shoot baking soda everywhere but where it needs to go. Free fall. He didn't even see the first one fall until the second had fallen. He missed most of them. Oof, that was that was a rough one to watch. Like he walks <laughs> up, you see the watermelon go right by him, but and like, he's looking up. He's looking up, and then you see the second one behind him fall, and you're like, "No, catch up!" <laughs> <laughs> um, fire and ice. He gets through without much effort. Crash landing penalties on the water bottle and bag, and he had a total of fifteen penalties in his Oof. It's a whopping number of penalties right there. That's a high number of penalties. That's the most I've seen in this. <laughs> <laughs> so then Jeffrey Albertson, um, he was concerned with his sword that um, things that you would need to slice through once, he would have issue with. And that kind of concept applied itself in Gauntlet where he struggled to get through a lot of the the objects oh, because yeah. that one's best if you can slice them and move on and he just spent a lot of time there and they made some kind of comment when he was walking away about how he was how old was he 45 or something and then he's like he's 47 now going on oh yeah <laughs> he was 45 when he got into the gauntlet he was 47 <laughs> when he walked out um ball buster he incurred six penalties yeesh that was not good he just could not get him. Yeah. Extinguisher cuts the rope on the first two, fails to extinguish the third, and he gets the fourth. So, shining little bit of success, three penalties. Then we get to free fall, where we learn about goaltending. What where you, the fuck is goaltending? <laughs> it's where you stand under where they're going to fall and just hold the blade in its path. This is season two, episode seven of this shit. They've been doing this since season one. Wait, Not wait. once have they ever mentioned goaltending, and I know at least one guy earlier in the season did exactly that and didn't get any goaltending penalties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe, and not to, not to call people out, but I believe... It, I think that other guy had the, the tiniest little bit of kind of upward slicing motion, and, and his, that's the difference. His wasn't a sword. His was a long-ass chopper. Yeah. So maybe the because he held it just far enough outside of the yellow circle, it didn't count as being goaltending. But it looked like a very similar motion. I mean, but and not even all of the ones that he did was counted as goaltending. It was only some of them because he got he, seven penalties. He got not, seven penalties, but 10. he right he got seven penalties out of ten. Ten. Which means he got three that were not goaltending, and right. then he missed a few. So I think like five of them were goaltending penalties. Yeah. Which is the first Yeah, I mean, did they tell these guys? Like, because that seems pretty obvious. If like, if they I, would say, they you must guys, if they're going to penalize. Yeah, you I think. You got to make an effort to swing your blade. Otherwise, why would he just stand there holding it? Right? So. And why don't more people just stand there holding it if it's not communicated that that's a penalty? So, well, some people just don't think that they, you know, they just don't think, um, I'll just hold my blade there, let the thing fall right on it. Some people just, you know, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. That's their strategy or technique. So 
that mean it's kind of lame if they're going to call it but not have told them. You can't just stand there with your blade out like that. But. So then moving on to Fire and Ice gets through without much effort. Crash landing, um, penalties on the water bottle and the bag. And there's 17 penalties overall. So for as oh. much as first Jeff had 15, and yee, that's a high number, 17. I, th- I think that's easily the most penalties anyone's gotten on dead run this season. I don't recall anybody having 17 penalties. That's a that's a high number. Yeah. We could go look back through the notes. We won't, but we could. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff R., with his 15 penalties, had a time of 9 minutes and 2 seconds. And then Jeff A., with his 17 penalties, had a time of 10 minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah. Jeff R. wins. Well, congratulations, Jeff R. Um, You move on to the finale, which I also have a little bit of what I think is news. One of the guys, I believe Joel, that won last week's episode, posted something about join us on November 24th. First, which would be next Wednesday. Wednesday for Knife or Death finale. Oh. Now, we've heard rumors of people that were supposed to be on season this season that haven't been on, and they're not sure if they're going to do two separate grand champions for this season and, and have double the episodes, or if half of the episodes they already shot are then going to be part of a season three but it kind of seems like they're saying that this is going to be the finale of season two in one week. Okay. So we'll, we'll see about how, how long season one was. Yeah, I think it's, well, season, season one, was one was six, like six episodes. Altogether. So they, so, they added yeah. two more episodes, including the finale. Yeah. Um, which makes sense for the number of people they had running through it. So should be interesting to see how that episode goes. It should be a fun one. Yeah. You can do our word count. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So we like to end this with our magic words. This episode, we had a number of magic words. One of our our tried and true favorites in half. There were nine in halves this episode. (laughs) Three of them were in the description of an obstacle, which means six of them were not. Were otherwise. (laughs) That's a lot. And then angle or angles, we counted five. Two Lamb loves to talk about angles. And then I just happened to have the closed caption on from what we were watching yesterday. And it shows in the closed caption an additional, look at that angle. I don't know who said it, but as they're you going through it. Who says it just right. Said. It's like the two people are speaking at once. You can hear Goldberg saying the first thing. And then so it's probably two talking about the angle. <laughs> So do we want to make it six? <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it. It doesn't really matter. And then uh, geometry, as in edge geometry, there were three of those. And then the clear winner of the magic words this week, power. Power with 19 instances throughout the episode. <laughs> I did count powerful as a version of power. Oh, okay. There's a couple of those. Okay. So maybe 16 power. Okay. Either way. One was in the description of an obstacle, and then five of them came from Travis. So, Travis likes power, I guess. Yeah. Uh, real estate. They talked about the real estate of the blade. Five. Five, five times. Five times. They the mentioned 
the the real estate of the blade. I think wow. they talk about like the length of the blade and how much space it takes up. Must be like service area. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And and then last but not least, goaltending five times <laughs> within a thirty second period. Jeez. <laughs> uh, oh, and then so- that was the episode. And at the end of all that, when Jeff R won Goldberg and Two Lamb, they were like, "Well, Jeff could have run through the course a little faster, and but Jeff was going a little slow." And that Goldberg goes, "Well, no, I think that Jeff could have gone through the course a little faster, but Jeff, the other Jeff, was going a little slow." And then they both like look at each other, and Goldberg turns towards the camera and does the goofiest <laughs> smile, this big like. I thought that was cute. <laughs> it was, it was, it was funny. I mean, it it was really strange. And Tulane was just like, I'm so confused. And that's how it was like ends. It, it goes to them talking to the guy after that. But it was so weird. I got a screenshot of that. You better believe that's going to be the background of this video <laughs> for a while. That might be the entire background for this one. Beyond a few little video clips, it's just Goldberg's giant smile. But I like anyway. it. I like it. <laughs> Uh, but that's it. That was the episode. Knife for Death, Season 2, Episode 7, Ninja Mutant, Mutant Ninja Tickens, I think yes. it was. Yes. <laughs> um, thank you for watching. Remember to subscribe to... <laughs> Excuse me. You all right? Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit that part out. <laughs> What what happened over there? I, it was not intended. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. It's quarter after ten. Yeah, we gotta wrap this up. All right. Thank you all for watching the episode. Remember to like and subscribe on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and keep an eye out. We have some cool <laughs> we have some cool videos coming out. We have some cool videos coming soon. Um, keep an eye out. In a few weeks, we're going to be going down to. <laughs> we're going to be going down to um, Dragon's Breath Forge and doing some interviews there and checking out some Forge demos. <laughs> and uh, that's it. Thanks for watching, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Real power in that one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I could hear it. (laughs) Like I wasn't paying attention. If you were here, you couldn't miss it. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.